1: It's going to be a football game tonight, man. No doubt. It's going to be a football game here. Okay. I not All right. Let's go, baby. Hey. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Watson. Touchdown. Hunter. Renfro, little man, makes another enormous play. One second remaining.
0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: football to the max. Your host: Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Randy Isbell.
0: Hello and welcome to another football to the max. As Week four is now in the books with the Monday Night Football victory for the Kansas City Chiefs on the last drive uh, for them on, on the game. The rookie kicker who was on the Panthers practice squad until earlier in the week where Cairo Santos got hurt. And he had to be brought in. Missed a field goal early, but made three others, including the game-winning 43-yard field goal. And the Chiefs still remain undefeated for, you know, three four weeks. Eric, pretty good. Uh, I'd have to say they kind of got a little lucky with Josh Dodson dropping that touchdown pass that so would have probably made it really difficult for them to go tie the game, but...
1: Well, not just uh, tie the game, but lest we forget, Redskins make the extra point in that situation. Then the Chiefs have to drive down the field needing a touchdown to win instead of getting somewhat of a luxury touchdown to seal it thanks to... Well, the old hook and ladder going wrong, which I don't think too many people saw that coming. But, hey, if you happen to take Kansas City minus seven, congratulations, because you're covered by the skin of your teeth.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I thought it was funny that they even mentioned it on the broadcast there at the end, too. <laughs> they... Uh, It's also funny because someone in our staff fantasy league lost due to that Uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense getting an extra points there, which that's always very uh, enjoyable slash sad at the same time. And I think that's another thing that Sean McDonough was referring to there is that somebody might have just won their fantasy game due to that.
1: Well, hey, not just that, but look at what would happen potentially with everybody who in fan duel. Say you're sitting there, you're riding on the Kansas City's defense, and all of a sudden you're in the money.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, lots of positive things could be happening or, or negatives if you went the other way where you thought, oh, man, they're about to cover that. And damn it. Right at the end. Uh, they don't, but honestly, in the first half, and for you know certain portions of this game, the the Washington almost pulled the same sort of number they pulled on the the Raiders, where they were containing the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs' defense couldn't really stop. Uh, the the Redskins, uh, one of the biggest plays in the game was Vernon Davis getting a 70-yard catch-and-run, which then uh, the Chiefs were able to hold into a field goal, which that that's a huge miss if you look back at it uh, at this point. Because think about it, they would have scored a touchdown on that play. We're talking about a different situation now, so... Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And the fact that, especially with that big Vernon Davis play, where was the tackling on that one? Because I saw some Chiefs starting to surround him, but he was able to execute a couple pretty good stiff arms. And also, on the other side, is it just me... Or were there a lot of times that the Redskins used a lot fewer down linemen to sort of aid in their coverage?
0: Yeah, uh, well, it wasn't just the Redskins. The Chiefs did it as well. They they would just uh, push. They'd uh, rush three and then cover with more. And the Redskins kind of started running out of players in the second half. A lot of their defenders started going down. And then Josh Norman, I think, was out for a large portion of that game. And he wasn't the only one. You had Trent Williams go down on their offensive line. Uh, the right guard went out for a while. I mean, Washington was just losing players left and right. And despite that, though, Kirk Cousins still goes in 14 for 24, 220 yards and two touchdowns uh, on his end. And he had a nice on that last drive where they wind up settling for the game-tying field goal because of the drop. Uh, Cousins played really well running uh, for some first downs. So I got to give him credit there.
1: It was weird seeing him scramble, but just two runs for a good 25 yards on that drive. Okay. Another weapon in his arsenal. And I don't know. After this game, I made finally have to relent and say, yeah, Snyder, you better cough up and try to pay the guy.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're still lost at the end of the day. It's not Kirk on fault. No, uh, the defense has to hold in that situation. And, you know, you put it there for the receiver to catch it. He didn't, uh, Vernon Davis actually winds up being the lead receiver, uh, for the game and then to roll prior. Uh, after that, on the including the big touchdown that he had, that started the game off, uh, in a great way for Washington. But yeah, a, a key thing too is they lost Rob Kelly, and so it was be- between uh, Samajic P Ryan and Chris Thompson and Kirk Cousins to kind of run the rest of the game. And P Ryan hasn't looked good for me. He's been okay. Uh, For the most part, it's been Chris Thompson, but Chris Thompson was pretty much held uh, in this game. He did not have the big performance that you're used to seeing from him. And I think that was a huge deal on the Kansas City defensive side of not allowing Chris Thompson to be a big playmaker.
1: Well, and not just holding Thompson, but I also think the Chiefs were a little bit unlucky because... Samaje Pirine continues to be very fumble prone, and when one of those on the toss sweep, where Pirine's bobbling it, bobbling it, the defender comes and makes the play, instead of being able to catch it and get a very good fumble recovery, great field position, ball kind of bounces off his arms and then goes around a bit for going out of bounds, so... I don't know. At the very least, P Ryan should be a little bit lucky, but he should still be in the doghouse.
0: Yeah, they're going to probably have to play him out of necessity because it seems like no matter if he fumbles or not, he winds up getting back on the field for that uh, situation. But uh, like I said uh, earlier, I mean, the Washington defense was really corralling Uh, The Kansas City early. They sacked Alex Smith four times, uh, including a couple times on third down. And it it stifled drives uh, for the Chiefs who, you know, for a long period until they got that touchdown catch well into or almost at the end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. That's That's when things started finally going their way for the Chiefs. They had held the the Chiefs scoreless up to that point. Uh, just and it wasn't like oh we're we're dropping balls or, or anything like that. They were holding Kareem Hunt. They were getting pressure on Alex Smith, forcing him to either run or just kind of have to throw the ball away. And I feel like that touchdown kind of set things going. Yeah, they missed the the field goal to end the half, which was kind of their game to that point. But luck, you know, luck was on their side to start the second half. They got the touchdown to get things going. And then from there, you felt like that was the momentum changer.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, I don't know, because when you see the first half of that game, I was really surprised rise and even with the Redskins being up 10 nothing especially before Alex Smith was really able to get into a rhythm with Travis Kelsey that led to that touchdown the crowd was still energized so I was kind of confused as what was going on but then finally Reed made Andy Reed made the offensive adjustments and I thought okay now this kind of takes the word off of me a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, Arrowhead it's is always going to be loud. It's like uh, CenturyLink and Seattle. They're loud regardless most of the time. So credit to that crowd for staying in it and, and, and keeping it, it, things energized for that team. But yeah, just for me, a, a tale of two halves was this game mm-hmm. as far as the Chiefs go. Yeah, they allowed the Washington to score on two of their possessions. But what they did was that stat that they showed that after the first quarter, they kept the ball around 32 minutes or 35 minutes. They went on these really long drives that felt like they took forever. And they would come up with points. And then you're forcing Washington to now in a faster time try to get things going and one of those drives don't work the second one is the one that ties the game up mm-hmm. but yeah i mean or two of those like i said two of those drives go for points but if uh it, one of those is of course that that vernon davis big big pass play but i, I think it's it was just smart from Andy reed's perspective to not go away from the run. They kept using Kareem Hunt. He finally got holes open for him. Alex Smith was smart to keep things on the That big play that he got where he he was able to juke a defender and, and go for like 40 yards or so, that's just classic Alex Smith to me. That's what I think about with him is is making that running play that you're like, good God, this dude shouldn't be able to do that, but he does.
1: No, and it is confused because it's like, okay, why all of a sudden are all these holes opening up? Why is it that you got guys going running in basically what I think are the wrong gaps and still almost getting first downs? How are you still letting Alex Smith running outside? What, there was just so, many of that, so much of that game it was just utterly confusing. Well,
0: I think that's where the injuries come into play for washington is on defense it felt like every drive they were losing somebody and when you're starting to have to play your third string corner and then when you have to go into nickel you're playing various corners no josh norman so perhaps the organization back there is gone you start having to play differently on defense to cover for them and i think that's where the hole started opening up because you had to start respecting the past when we had to start respecting Travis Kelsey coming out, you know, Tyree kill kind of had a quiet game, but it was the other receivers Conley and Wilson that were making plays from, from Alex Smith and between Alex Smith running and finally getting the holes for hunt. I think it just became too much for that defense. And uh, the, the final drive was sort of a classic way that the chiefs have been playing, you know, Alex Smith, Breaks contain, gets that big play to extend it. Uh, they get it all the way down, and then they kind of just wiggle their way until they're able to get the 43-yard field goal to win it. But for me, I, th- I think you know the Justin Houston touchdown is is great and all for what it was. Uh, it's cool to see Justin Houston get get touchdowns. Uh, for all the stuff he's he's had to go through with the injuries and all that. But I think for me, again, the chiefs show they are a complete team when they need to that defense holds. I don't think Mm -hmm. they've been as dominant as we've seen them be in the past. They're obviously letting points in, uh, which is a concern, but the chiefs offense is responding and that's, that's what you need from that team right now is is Andy Reid is is able to read the coverage, get the right play out there and they're executing it.
1: Yeah, and with this league how the standings are shaking up and especially for the Chiefs in the AFC West, you don't need to be an overly dominant team. I mean, here we are, we just reached the quarter point in the season. The Chiefs are the only team that's undefeated. Mm -hmm. Now it's a matter of seeing how long that it's going to go with its schedule. A little bit favorable, but...
0: I don't know that it's favorable at all. You've got going to Houston on Sunday night, which we saw what Houston could do again when uh, they're put up to it. You got the Steelers at home at the 425 game after that. Then you got a Thursday night game against the Raiders, and we'll have to see if Derek Carr is back by then or not, which that makes a huge difference as to whether that – that uh, from,
1: from early reports, yeah. When you're dealing with the back issues and especially – Yeah, but we, we saw Romo
0: only miss one game with that fracture. So I, I just want to put that out there. Derek Carr is much mm. younger than Romo when that happened.
1: True, but also more precautionary reasons. I don't know. They're giving a two to six week they're, time.
0: They're going to have him miss this this game coming up, but I bet he plays in that second game. By sh- For sure, I think he plays in the third game. And it obviously depends because EJ Manuel didn't do too badly uh, when he came in just had that costly interception that kind of exactly in the game it, eventually. But
1: it's he still did easy, do okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then then you got the Broncos again on Monday night, so uh, on the the night before Halloween.
1: Mm-hmm. Spooky proposition indeed, but at the same time, granted they're not going to be able to run away from anybody. But I figure five and zero, maybe six. Then you really start running into some trouble. But at this point I think it would be enough because I go back to them showing how they're not that dominant. You don't want a team like Kansas City to peak too soon. You really don't, given playoff history.
0: Oh, I agree with you. They're a team that's you know, does very well in the regular season and when they gets to the playoffs, they they're win their divisional game against a team like Houston, which they have a lot of history with, who they could easily go and beat we saw that happen last year and then they get to that divisional round then it becomes difficult for them so well it's it's going to be interesting like i said lots of history but different deal you have a much more set quarterback now with houston uh and deshaun watson so big win for the chiefs to stay undefeated uh washington a bit unlucky for them. They easily could have won this game, as we mentioned several times here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, not to blame for that loss at all, but they've got a nice schedule coming up with the 49ers, a divisional game in the Eagles on Monday night on the 23rd, and then they play the Cowboys uh, at home uh, as well, which, you know, they're having their own uh, sorts of issues. So, they have a nice three-game stretch before things get a little hairy for them, possibly. But yeah, so just gotta cut down on the mistakes. Lots of uh, the the offsides penalties. There was about like four of them. The dumb illegal hands to the face penalty, which is what extended the drive uh, on that last one. You've gotta you've gotta reel that in. You cannot do those. At costly times, it seems like the offside penalty was just the wrong time every time. Just, uh, and I think three times it was the same player. So, you know,
1: not just, not to mention while you still had Kansas City a little bit stymied, boom, hit with the horse collar.
0: Yeah, that horse collar on Kareem Hunt was was pretty big too. He was getting tackled for loss and then you just gave him fifteen yards. Just, ah. And I and they almost could have called one on the tackle for Smith as well on that big long run. He he almost like suplexed him to the floor there. Uh <laughs> so but yeah, again, uh big win for the Chiefs and we move along now to talk about the week that was uh, in the NFL, uh, it's, unfortunately, uh, my daughter is going to have a, an eye surgery in the morning. And because of, uh, we are well aware of the horrible incidents that happened. Uh, the incident that happened in Las Vegas. Uh, condolences to everybody that suffered through that. And just a horrible thing uh, for our nation. So that was kind of taking up a lot of my day just watching the coverage of that. Um, I know you were doing that as well, uh, so, yeah, I, my, my kid was also home from school, because for some reason, this school seems to have teacher planning day, like, every other freaking week, uh, so, hmm. yeah, there was that, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, waking up, and hearing about the tragedy, and hearing that unfold, and then having to go clock in at my day job and all this and that. It's just been one of those days.
0: Yeah. So we're not going to have a total in-depth approach here to this. And we'll still try to talk about uh, most of the games here. Uh, One thing we should note is the London game. Once again, one team dominates the other. Well, it's not really dominating because the first half was awful. So many flags. (laughs)
1: No, it, felt, it wound up dominating. It just took thirty minutes to get it that way.
0: Yeah, it, it Saints just absolutely took the Dolphins out of it in the second half. And once again, if it if it wasn't for that Devonte Parker touchdown at the last second last week, it'd be mm-hmm. two games consecutively that the Dolphins would be shut out right now. And, you know, Adam Gase called them garbage last week. He admits that he's part of the problem, but they don't know what the problem is.
1: Jay Cutler?
0: I don't know that it's just Jay Cutler. Last week it was they couldn't get Jay Ajayi going. This week they kind of got Jay Ajayi going a little bit, but still not what you would normally get from him.
1: but I mean, you have to admit, if he's on your team, there's going to be times where there's just bad juju. Look at Chicago. Look at Denver.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I get it with the bad juju. and But this is a, a, a coach that got the best out of him. Obviously, this is a different age for this Light man. Maybe, twice. maybe it's just the point where... He's too old to be doing this, and uh, it's showing here against these teams. Uh, the offensive line's not doing a good enough job blocking. That's another issue entirely. I don't think you can blame the defense for only allowing 20 points and especially keeping the team in it.
1: Yeah, and especially the fact that it was 3 nothing at halftime. That is a huge win in really the scheme of that game, especially for a team that's still got it like New Orleans and a guy that still has it like Drew Brees. Now, I will say with Adam Gase, yes, he shut down talks of benching Cutler for Matt Moore, but this offense is still struggling, and you can't even put up 10 points over a span of three weeks and you're really the quarterback whisperer, you're not going to do yourself any favors.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you got to give props to Alvin Kamara on the Saints side of things. Uh, He was big in the passing game. It seems like he still hasn't figured out what he's doing with the the running game side of things. It's not Peterson. It's still Mark Ingram. Uh, Michael Thomas was... Uh, involved 8-for-11 on 89 yards and a touchdown. I thought he was going to have a goose egg game. He was very important towards the end. And, yeah, I mean, Jay Cutler, it's his fault on the interception in the red zone, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't drive 81 yards and then just throw an interception there. And um, it looked like he kind of staring
1: down the receiver a little bit on that play.
0: Yeah, he was. And it's just like, I think you're starting to see that, that old Jake Cutler, like, just, oh, here's a fumble. Oh, I'm holding the ball too long. Oh, I'm taking a sack. Like, I, I think he gets one more game, and that's it. You pull him after that. I, I just don't think you can if you're Adam Gase, your job's going to start becoming a question if you keep staying with Jay Cutler and the team just doesn't do anything.
1: Uh, Any thoughts on that? Reed. I mean, I'm absolutely with you. I don't know that they would necessarily be quick to cut him after this season because of that but if he if he's showing at least some measure of competence especially when it comes to the quarterback position and making that right move then okay keep gaze for another season or two because let's face it you're in the position where you're drafting someone else but if he right. can't show that and he's sticking with his guy and Cutler then they're both going to be out the door
0: speaking about more quarterback futility Let's go ahead and and get this overtime game with the Jaguars and Jets out of the way.
1: Oh, God. Do we really?
0: Blake Bortles. Lord.
1: You know, I, I, I just refuse to say anything. They're paying the wrong people too much money. And the role, I think, one of the main reasons Bortles is still even playing, even though yet again he's regressed to terrible mechanics and terrible habits, is because somebody on God's green earth decided that Chad Henney should still have a job.
0: Us? Uh, I don't know. Hey, look, Colin Kaepernick's still out there. I, I guess know, we want to throw that out if we want to throw it out no. there. He's still there. Are you- I threw it out there when you had the man
1: in the stand wearing a number seven Jaguars Kaepernick jersey, and I thought it wouldn't be such a bad idea. Chad Khan says, hey, it might be a good thing if my staff says yes. Guess what? They said no, and I don't see that changing a time soon. It should, but it won't.
0: Once again, this Jaguars defense is... Helter skelter. Uh they commit turnovers, but they're also allowing seventy five yard touchdown runs for Bilal Powell, sixty nine yard touchdown run for Elijah McGuire. I mean, the whole team ran for two hundred and fifty six yards. I mean, good hey, lord. Hey Miles Jack, piece of advice. When you have the ball,
1: you are paid to run. You're not paid to keep looking backwards.
0: You still scored the touchdown on that one.
1: Yes, but I had to hold my breath the last 15 yards saying he's going to be caught. He's going to be caught. And yeah, Powell almost breath, caught him. Then t- holding my breath turned into screaming. Holding my breath th- almost turned me into throwing something at my television.
0: I don't want to do that. This is a nice TV. Yeah, I mean, they, they almost made people wonder if overtime is not short enough as they waited until about a minute left in overtime to finally get the field goal from Cat Nazaro to get the Jets the 23-20 win. It doesn't help that uh, Marquis Lee couldn't uh, set up a punt correctly, and it helped the Jets uh, get the yeah. win on that, but...
1: Not just setting up a punt correctly. How do you allow that fake punt to work?
0: How? I guess that's why it's called a fake punt. You don't expect it.
1: Yeah, but punters usually do not have good arms. And wasn't it something like 4th and 21?
0: Yeah. That's probably why you don't expect it there either. It's 4th and 21. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just think the Jets might have finally might have found something uh, the, I think you got to give them a lot of credit in two weeks they've now granted they're playing the dolphins and and Jaguars not two you know great teams and technically they're sitting there in third right now and in the division looking down at the dolphins yeah I don't think anybody would have expected that and they beat them. Soundly, and, you know, yeah, McCown made some mistakes, but the the Jets really, at certain times, were were handing it to the Jaguars. So, you know, if this is a team that's supposed to be tanking, they're certainly not playing like it.
1: No, they're getting some benefits, and let's just say... From here on out, if you're betting on the Jaguars at any point in the Eastern Time Zone, don't. Don't. Don't.
0: (laughs) Apparently, that's just a, a horrible thing for them in the Eastern Time Zone. They cannot win. But, hey, they've got another gift of a game the Jets do. They go to Cleveland.
1: Oh god. Next week,
0: maybe another win for the Jets before they play the Patriots. Yes, Jets
1: Browns were the only memory of those two teams meeting is that fateful night, September nineteen seventy, where Nelson throws what would be the game winning touchdown pass and Joe Namath is intercepted on third down. Yay. Woo.
0: Okay. I love that we just you just pulled out a 1970 Jets reference. Well, that was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was the
1: first ever game on Monday Night Football. Come on. How
0: can you be a fan and not remember that? I don't sit there and just go study Monday Night Football history, but <laughs> hey, that, that's a cool <laughs> little nugget that you got to just share on the show for a lot of people that probably also don't know that, so...
1: Absolutely. Uh, Keith Jackson opened the booth as part of a three-man crew.
0: (laughs) See, that's even uh, more impressive. The other overtime game, uh, (laughs) the uh, Arizona Cardinals win on a Larry Fitzgerald overtime touchdown, Carson Palmer, 357 yards, and that one touchdown to Larry Fitzgerald. Still, the running problems exist. Uh, And the 49ers, uh, for everything that Brian Hoyer did in the previous game against the the Rams, he didn't look good here at all. Mm -hmm.
1: No, because he was A, going up a little bit of a better defense, and B, he kept getting hit. Now, granted, it was the first nine-made field goal game in six years, and as I saw Palmer... Go up to the line. The last couple minutes of overtime, I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be ironic if you finally get a touchdown and avoid a 15-15 tie? Lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. With 32 seconds to spare.
0: Hey, you know what? That's what's awesome about this uh, overtime right now. It's working to create these dramatic games. So... Props to the NFL Competition Committee, I guess, for for making that rule change to to make sure that hey we're going down to the wire, we might get some ties out of this. But
1: to me, why they not? made it. One, to me, they made it one step closer to perfect, and I'll take that for now.
0: So, what's your way to make it perfect?
1: NFL Europa rules done.
0: Oh, the each team starts at the 50 or whatever?
1: No, just like how they have it now, 10 minutes, the only difference is instead of the first team winning the game with a touchdown and then the old goal or what have you afterwards, each team is guaranteed one possession regardless of score.
0: That's it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you definitely need to, even if they score a touchdown. But the point is to not have, have it go to where it it uh, draws. So.
1: Well, you're almost getting that anyways. I mean, you've had what now three, four overtime games this season. Two of them have gone to past that nine minute mark. Hey. I mean honestly, in that one drive, San Francisco had the ball for what,
0: seven and a half minutes in overtime to yeah. get that field goal? <laughs> That's it, it's it's amazing to me that you had the ball that long and all you get out of it's a field goal, but
1: Well again. It, it summed up that game perfectly. <laughs>
0: That's how uh, the cookie crumbles for the 49ers right now. Arizona gets a much-needed win and to kind of keep pace in that division where the Rams are just surprising everyone after they go to Dallas and defeat the Dallas Cowboys. At times, especially in that first half, it looked like the Cowboys were going to go in there and show the Rams how it was done, but that second half... Uh, turned everything on its head they started getting things going the Rams just they only they scored on nine of their 11 possessions because of all the field goals you know I think you got to give credit to the defense for... go ahead sorry That this is
1: an offensive rendered in a young quarterback and hey, we're malleable. This is how we're going. So the fact that yeah, seventy percent of the time our defense is going to be Swiss cheese, but we'll go house for you.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the thing though too is. You don't expect that from the Rams. They've had a defense that's much more dominant in years past, and now it seems like the things have gone the other side where you're expecting the offense to put up the points to cover for the defense. You know, Todd Gurley had a tremendous game, once again, 250 yard, 15 yards total, that big 53-yard touchdown on the pass. Uh, that was vital in the second half there. Uh, I think uh, Zeke was was huge as well in the passing game, getting that touchdown. The Cowboys had chances to win this game. Uh, Ryan Switzer, call fair catch, man. Mm -hmm. I know that you were this wonderful punt returner at North Carolina, but this is the big leagues. You call fair catch if there's a lot of traffic in front of you, even if you don't think they're going to hit you. Because you're going to get distracted thinking you're going to already go up the field. And that, that costs you. And it cost them in this game. Uh, that set up one of the touchdown drives. Uh, Farrell Cooper also getting a long, uh, I think it was a kick return. Uh, didn't help things either. But Dak and Jared Goff have pretty much the same numbers. If, if you look at things. I I think it's like a three-yard difference, and Dak actually had one more touchdown. So, uh, you know, Dak just had the interception, which uh, I don't think that was really uh, Dak's fault either. He was getting whacked. But, uh, you know, I don't think he could have asked for much more uh, from the offense. Yeah, there was times where you might have said, You really want them to score here, but I think special teams and the defense not being able to get off the field, even if you're allowing field goals, you're still allowing them to get points. Uh, This is where I think Sean Lee not being in there was absolutely uh, huge. He is the quarterback of that defense. He makes things go. He makes tackles when other guys don't make tackles. I don't want to say that they would have won if he's in there or not. I'm just saying that he is he's a difference maker
1: he really is I mean not just being the quarterback of the defense but really kind of locking down that whole middle of the field when you absolutely have to yes I mean they but to change Some of those rounds, not being able to use Gurley as much, having to go to guys like Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins more on the outside. You still have issues with your secondary, but it's more manageable in that instance. And they had the whole field with it. It was game over.
0: I think a lot of credit needs to go to Wade Phillips for making adjustments in the second half. That defense got a lot more tight. Uh, They forced the interception. uh, Everything else, and and they got a big win. And uh, that's that's huge deal for them with, you know, they you kind of knew Seattle was going to win. You would have expected the Cardinals to win, even though had it, they had a tough time of it. So three out of the four teams are winning in the division this week. The Rams needed to win, and they got it. Now, the Cowboys got lucky with two of the three teams in the division losing, uh, the only team that won were the Philadelphia Eagles who, let's be honest, were also had the easiest opponents of of the day and the Chargers who still can't win in Carson, California, despite Phillip Rivers, 347 yards and two touchdowns. Garrett Blunt had a huge day, 136 yards. Uh, Carson once had his moments, and look uh, – The Eagles are are flying high right now, leading the NFC East.
1: This is a team in the LA Chargers that over the past two years has lost 12 one-score games. Twelve. At what point does this just become severely psychological?
0: You're telling me, man. You,
1: you can't... Yes, I can throw you statistics and numbers and all these things out the wazoo, but these kind of performances just get into a team's head. Their psyche for the rest of the season is not going to be pretty or pleasant.
0: Yeah, as They've got to get a win there in Los Angeles and I mean you let Philadelphia go up to th- that that's another thing too they keep getting behind in these games they let mm-hmm. Philadelphia go up to a 13 nothing score and you're immediately already having to fight them to get behind yeah you get it to 16-10 in the second quarter but you're just constantly battling to keep up in the scoreboard and and that creates a problem for Philip Rivers cuz then you're just you're passing, you're passing, you're passing. And the, I, you become one-dimensional at that point. Melvin Gordon gets a total of 22 yards rushing for the game. That's that's not their game. Uh, look, the, some of these guys have gaudy uh, passing yard numbers, especially Tyrell Williams, who got most of that on a 75-yard uh, catch touchdown. But... You know, Phillip, Phillip Rivers loses a fumble. I just, I feel like at every point, something's been going on with Rivers, where it's throwing interceptions, losing fumble, um, making a, a bad decision on fourth down. It just, it blows your mind. hmm you know? So, and if this keeps going, I wonder if these, I've, I've heard people talking about do you do something with Philip Rivers trading him away or something at 36 years old next year to to say let's let's hit the reset button on this because this is obviously not working for us yeah you're yep. losing close games but you've got to win these at some point or you're never going to go anywhere
1: exactly let's just face it Philip Rivers even if you trade him away, he's the Chargers should be lucky he even came with you to LA. Because he made a big to-do about, well, he's an older guy, and he's got his little brood, and let's face it, they're really not contending for any sort of championship for the foreseeable future, especially with this. So you just go ahead, pack up, and go home. And personally... It wouldn't surprise me if after this season, the Chargers go 0-8 and Carson, head back to San Diego,
0: and he's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just done. That still would just amaze me that you sent him back to San Diego after all that. But uh, maybe they get lucky because they're also going to play the 0-4 Giants. So somebody, the somebody's got a win bowl.
1: Not necessarily.
0: Not necessarily. Oh, oh God, please don't. Just please don't. We don't need a tie.
1: We've been flirting with this I don't know how many times this season. I mean, hey, a 23-23 or 26-26, we've seen that before.
0: But it's just another case of the Chargers beating themselves, and uh, this isn't going to help. But, again, they they might get some respite by – Getting away from Carson, number one, and playing in New Jersey against the Giants, and then they get the Raiders, and perhaps that's without Derek Carr, and you know they can uh, finagle a win there, and who knows? But their schedule is sort of kind to them right now. You got to make the most out of it after you know losing several games that that you could have won. And moving things along, talking about QBs being under pressure. We saw uh, Mr. Laser get in there as the offensive winner for the Bengals last week and have the Andy Dalton play one heck of a game. Well, he surpassed that this week against the Browns, throwing for four touchdowns, 286 yards. He was also the leading rusher on the day, (laughs) 29 yards rushing. And he throws two touchdowns to Tyler Croft, the backup tight end, because what do you know, Tyler Eifert's hurt again. And the Browns just I – I don't even know what to say about the Browns anymore. It's just every year we go through the same thing. Oh, they're going to be better. Oh, Deshaun Kaiser. Oh, this. He's throwing interceptions, making bad decisions. Just
1: cool. – I knew the Browns were going to be crap. I knew as long as the way the organization is structured and run as it is, they're going to be crap. And this is talking from someone who picked them to win this week. But no. They went ahead and flat out disappointed me. Yet again, and it's rare because I can never be disappointed in the Browns because they're that god-awful. But, hey, Hugh Jackson, uh, at least nobody can blame you for going 1-19 in a near season and a half because... Uh, he, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, he's 1-19 in his time with the Browns, but no one can really blame him because... But this he,
0: is your former team. I mean, you should know... What to do to beat these guys, and, and knowing what to do, and when you have a half
1: competent organization, yes, you can expect a win. But Cleveland, Cleveland—I
0: mean, you—you you just take out their running game. You force them to the pass, which obviously was in in Cincinnati's best. Uh, what they wanted to do. And, and Giovanni Bernard just gashes your entire defense for a big, long run, a big long uh, catch and run. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Every time you – wasn't this defense supposed to be better? I, I, I just – I don't see this. And then, of course, again, when you have the rookie quarterback, and once again he's having to get replaced, I just – this is amazing to me that – that that whole deal about you not drafting the QB in the first round again for two straight years—that that's, that's going to keep coming up now every time you lose a game, and it, you know you they've these decisions that you decide to do are not are hurting you.
1: But they've drafted first round quarterbacks before, and uh, how has that worked?
0: Okay, well, I mean, obviously, I mean. We haven't seen Mahomes in NFL action, and we're going to see the other one pretty soon here. But Deshaun yeah, but Watson's worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, but Deshaun
1: Watson is working out for the Texans. Mahomes could work out within a couple of years for the Chiefs. I called Trubisky starting this game for the Bears. This is the Browns. You could – they're what – three-fifths of the way of filling an entire roster just with the starting quarterbacks they've had since 99. What does that tell you?
0: It's an organizational problem, but still, talent shines through in the end. No! I'm not saying Deshaun Kaiser's bad, I just, to me, I, I feel like talent shines through if you're in, really that good
1: not in Cleveland you can be a talented SOB but if you're in a terrible organization that talent will be covered up very heavily
0: I think this is a thing you need to ask yourself if you're Hugh Jackson uh, oh look at what he did with AJ McCarran. I oh, look what he did with Andy Dalton that's not happening here
1: Exactly. If yeah. I'm Hugh Jackson, I wake up and I think, what the hell did I do with my life? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> what is going Took on? Took an
0: NFL coaching job. And I think that's working out too bad for him. He's still getting some big money.
1: Yeah, but again, just so you can buy a gigantic house in Cleveland, you wake up every day still living in Cleveland.
0: Does he really have to live in Cleveland, though? Couldn't he live in one of the other Midwestern states there and drive?
1: Oh, yeah, then you have to commute to Cleveland every day. That's even worse. Then you really know you have made a terrible decision in your life.
0: Well, we mentioned Mitchell Trubisky and the reason why we we covered it on the Thursday night show, the way that the Bears looked. John Fox decided to make the move. Mitchell Trubisky will play next Monday night, week five, against the Vikings. And they probably will still be starting Case Keenum. So that chance is very, rarely there. It's very much there for him. Of course, you're playing the freaking Vikings defense, which is no joke. To get a first win.
1: First of all, I'm pretty sure you can go back to the tape and confirm this, but I called it. Yes, you did call it. I said this would be the time of year, week five, where we see Trubisky, because Mike Lennon, well, he's continuing the time-honored tradition of Rutgers football by crapping the bed in the National Football League. Now, that said, this is a winnable game, but it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to go back and try a lot of tricks that they did with Trubisky in the preseason, even though he has the few extra days to get more reps for the, with the first team, which is highly valuable. It's going to be a lot of naked bootlegs. It's going to be cutting the field in half to get him comfortable, but they can't rely on that for too long because if any defense can sniff that out and make some incredible adjustments, it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. So either he's going to be in a winnable situation or he's going to need an ice bath after the game.
0: Uh, Two games for Danny Trevathan. Trevathan, sorry. Uh, You think that's fair?
1: I think so. You were third man in. Helmet to helmet. Adams had to go to the hospital. Sorry, that does not bode well in your favor. I think for something like that, two games is fair.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's fair. I'm just glad that they suspended him and they didn't go with some, oh, well, we can't go that far. We'll just give him a big fine. They suspended him. And I think two game checks is enough for him to understand that.
1: Yeah. They specifically said safety-related conduct. We don't want these kind of tackles. You sit down for a fortnight.
0: Fair enough. Hmm. Yeah. And speaking of those Vikings, they had a chance to win even at the end, even though they didn't score at all uh, after the – that, that first quarter uh, in a game that was just very defensive. Matt Stafford didn't throw a touchdown. Amir Abdullah, uh, they, they gave him the ball plenty, 20 carries, almost at 100 yards, and he had uh, one of the touchdowns for Detroit. It's or, or the only touchdown for Detroit, I'm sorry. It's just it's amazing to me. That you have one game this week where Case Keenum looks great. He doesn't. In this game, we did mention that it was a divisional game. And then, of course, it doesn't help that Minnesota commits three turnovers.
1: Mm-hmm. And Case Keenum really did the same thing in Houston. He would put up great numbers, lose. Put up terrible numbers. Ben will Still kind of lose.
0: (laughs) Although I would say it's not Case Keenum's fault, any of those turnovers, by the way. Two of them are from receivers, and Dalvin Cook also had one, which unfortunately he is out for the season with a torn ACL. Huge blow. I mean, Latavius Murray's going to get his carries now, but huge blow to that team. Yeah, he ain't the same. Not the same. Oh, not not the same at all, and it's going to affect Keenum. It's going to affect Sam Bradford if he ever gets back in. Dalvin Cook already, he was averaging five yards to carry uh, before that. He got the one touchdown for the team. And then after that, Latavius Murray only gets 21 yards. So... I think that already tells you uh, how things are, are going to be. It, and, look, now they have a whole week to deal with. Murray's going to be your running back, but still, that really uh, affects the team. And Case Keenan completed more than half his passes. just, just wasn't enough in this game. That The Lions defense held. And, yeah, it, it, good on them again for keeping strong with committing to the, the running game.
1: Yeah, they, they, they wanted to really try to get Murray his carries, try to keep pressure off Keenum because he wasn't having a good day. Now it's just a matter of making more tweaks, getting maybe a little bit better protection. See what happens.
0: Well, we have two results that I think a lot of people didn't think would happen, one of them being the Buffalo Bills going into Atlanta and winning – now, I think it's fair to say that losing Julio Jones for the entire second half is a big deal. Uh, that changes the Falcons' offense because uh, he is a huge uh, guy that they go to. Mohamed Sanu also went out against so you. You're losing your two biggest receivers, and that's why Tevin Coleman was your leading receiver for this game and, and your main target for Matt Ryan because he's he's out two of his receivers. He's still through two interceptions, which he's got to get that down. He's, he's got to stop doing that. That's now two games where he's thrown multiple picks. It's not helping your team at all. Again, I get it. When you have a limited amount of targets, it's uh, it's not helping you. But still, something's, mm-hmm. something's wrong here.
1: Yeah, when you have a limited amount of targets, You change your strategy. The strategy did not change.
0: And the Atlanta defense couldn't figure out what Charles Clay was for most of the game. He went over 100 yards, caught five balls on seven targets. He had some big plays uh, down the field for Tyrod Taylor. Not the greatest of games for Tyrod Taylor, but he did enough. And then that defense held once again, doing what they do best. Uh, the, the, Falcons had a chance to score at the, at the end. And then, you know, it was uh, house good, just getting field goals to, to put things away. Uh, but honestly, for, for me, it's just, it's, I, I get that again, I want to point out that Julio Jones, Mohamed and going out are a big deal, but, but this is now a Falcons team that's been flirting with losing. And they yes. finally went through with it on here.
1: Yeah, you lose your two receivers, you adjust. You adjust. The Falcons struggled to adjust. And Bills defense took advantage.
0: The other one is the Carolina Panthers going into Gillette Stadium and winning Cam Newton with a touchdown on the ground and three touchdowns through the air. Go ahead.
1: First quarterback, rushed for 50 touchdowns, and let's face it, New England's defense is terrible. Statistically, they are the worst, giving up over 400 yards a game. Plus, you talk about flirting with disaster, Houston almost won. So, of course, Carolina doing something, trying to prove that they are relevant again. They were going to go ahead and pull the trigger.
0: They did. I mean, it took a Graham Gano game-winning field goal at the end, a 48-yarder, not a, a chip shot at all uh, for the Panthers to win. Patriots did a great job coming from behind to hit two touchdowns late, uh, one to Danny Amendola and, and uh, a Dion Lewis run as well. But uh, Cam Newton had been firing all day. He did it again, pushing that team down the field, getting that field goal. But I I think a lot should be given to Cam Newton here. I think we talked about it. Several other people were talking about it all week about is is Cam Newton not going to be the same anymore? Well, guess what? The the Panthers finally figured out we're going to have to let him just be him. And you can't mm-hmm. just expect him to be this pocket passer guy that he's not. If he's going to run, he's going to run. If he's if he's going to make the big play that he needs to make, let him do it. And they, I think they found, he felt more comfortable in this game, and it showed. Obviously, again, this is the worst defense in the league that you're playing against. But mm-hmm. this is putting up points against a very formidable team, and, and the Patriots almost pulled it off again. Just uh, the Panthers had the ball at the end. <laughs>
1: Exactly. The Patriots, they're not going to keep coming back. They're not. They can, but they're yeah, it can, coming
0: at the defense can't get stops when it matters. It, yeah.
1: And, and you know. this is my point. They can. Brady can go ahead and still prove what he's got in the clutch. But as a team, you've officially hit a wall. Oh, yeah. I don't it, think they're going to be able to break it down. Now, uh, granted, they, they it'll prove me wrong and go on a tear, but uh, I don't see that happening right away.
0: The New York Giants, once again, are close to possibly uh, getting a, a win. Uh, they, they take the lead at 23-22. They can't get the two-point conversion. And with time expiring, Nick Folk makes a 34-yard field goal for the Bucks to win. Jameis Winston throws for three touchdowns. Uh, Eli Manning running the ball in gets a touchdown. Wayne Gallman looked really good. Uh, As the uh, leading rusher, he still only got 42 yards, but he looked better than uh, Paul Perkins had been looking, at least. And I don't think this one is on Eli Manning. I think you're expecting your defense to make that stand at the end, and they don't. And then also Odell Beckham's finger gets hurt, and he goes out again.
1: Yeah, surprise, surprise. Eli in typical Manning fashion, gets his first rushing touchdown in three years. And you talk about that game-winning drive, Seamus Winston was 6-for-6. Six six. And even leading up to that game-winning drive, don't the Giants realize that the Bucks have some very capable tight ends? O.J. Howard, long catch and run. Nobody within 15 yards. Cameron Brake breaking open in the back of the end zone for a catch. There was just some confusion.
0: Yeah, I I think the the team is starting to feel that pressure. of Getting that first win, knowing that 0-4 is a big deal. uh, Three of them away from home. Just the passing attack was, was on it for the Giants but once again you're one-dimensional team it's it's hard to guard against that the offensive line problems and the defense can only do so much and I think you you put a lot of pressure on them the whole game and but Jameis Winston he throws for over 300 yards he throws three touchdowns something's going on uh, with that defense they're allowing too much uh, but, but I think, you know, so, some of that comes with if you don't have any confidence in your offense on that side, sometimes that can affect you mentally on defense.
1: It really can because you get more and more pressure to where you have to generate stops. That pressure gets into your head and then all of a sudden you're pretty much outside of yourself. Forgetting your game,
0: and once again the Giants have to rely on the second half to try to uh, get things going as far as the offensive side of things. Tampa Bay takes an early thirteen and nothing lead, sixteen to ten at halftime, much closer than the Eagles game, but still you keep coming from behind, and that that Giants defense is not really stopping. The other team, it creates problems. It's, you know, you got to stop getting behind in these games, especially with uh, the offensive line woes that you have and, and things that are being created for the Giants. But 0-4, that's a really tough road to hoe right now, and especially in an NFC East where things can change very quickly and all, all those teams uh, look formidable right now. Uh, we're going to quickly go through the rest of it here. Marcus Mariota gets hurt. In the second half, greatly affects the Titans afterwards. Uh, they don't score after the second quarter. Uh, the Houston Texans absolutely just pile it on. Boy, did they miss Will Fuller. He looked really good coming back. Lamar Miller gets a touchdown. Deshaun Watson, four touchdowns, 283 yards, 25 for 34. Again, granted the Titans have no offense because freaking Matt Castle was throwing the ball for them. But and a uh, touchdown run
1: for Watson.
0: Yeah, a, another big win for him. And they're apparently taking a day-to-day with Mariota, so it doesn't seem as serious as they thought. But
1: Yeah, it, it was a hamstring injury, and that was in part because the only two touchdowns Tennessee scored, Mariota ran them in, one of them from 34 yards out. So it wasn't going to be a good day regardless.
0: No, it wasn't. It was just an awful day for the Times. But again, big win for the Texans at home. They now face the undefeated Chiefs next week in a very, very uh interesting game. Uh the Raiders had Carr uh Derek Carr exit the game uh early. He has a the same back fracture that uh that uh, Tony Romo had, which kept him out at least for one game. Uh, He will not play, looks like, in the next game for the Raiders. But after that, it's kind of unknown. It's a two- to six-week injury. Uh, After that, you're having E.J. Manuel play quarterback. He did decently until he threw the interception that kind of ended the game. Uh, The Broncos didn't, you know, the Raiders' defense held the Broncos for for the most part. But again, for me, the most telling sign is that Marshawn Lynch, wasn't looking like Marshawn Lynch, and he hasn't looked like Marshawn Lynch for a couple of games now.
1: No. I figured six 700-yard season, he's on pace for less than that. You can maybe hope to get it going again. I still think he can, but the longer this goes, then, well, maybe he should have stayed retired.
0: Lev Bell finally goes off 144 yards on 35 carries, you can't imagine he's going to do that every game. Uh, Two touchdowns, Uh, Ben Roethlisberger performs well, and the Steelers' defense hold the Ravens to nine points, which they scored all of them in the third quarter. Uh, That's it. And the Steelers blow out the Ravens at home two games where the Ravens can't even score ten points.
1: Well, they had the two-point conversion for a while, but then that was called back. So, at one point, it was 19-11, to 11, hashtag me. But, mm, they just, no. Flacco is still somewhat invisible. And, yes, the Steelers, tough mentality against a traditionally tough divisional opponent. It worked even better than they anticipated.
0: The uh, Seattle Seahawks had a host of injury woes happen. Uh, the biggest one being to Chris Carson, who Ow. Just, just, oh, what an Ow. awful leg injury. It's a significant ankle injury, a leg fracture. He's probably done for the season, if not at least for a long while. Eddie Lacy looked pretty decent, 52 yards. Of course, this isn't a, against a coach team that probably doesn't care at that point. They were up like 39 to... 12, I think it was, now when to that be, injury happened.
1: Now, to be fair, that was 15-10 Colts at halftime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what hey, but happened. But those
0: second-half adjustments matter.
1: Exactly. That's why I say I don't know what happened with Indy after that. I mean, you're doing great. You're on the road on prime time beating a pretty good team and then you're outscored
0: 36 to three in the second half
1: that Jesus
0: that's ridiculous 46 to 18 is that final score Seahawks absolutely just busted it wide open after that and hey uh Colts got to pretend uh, for a little while uh but Seahawks get the win. They go to two and two. And uh, that wraps up that week four. Uh, Cliff Averill is also going to miss some time with a neck injury. So that's that's not good. And the Seahawks also did start a fund to support social equality. Um,
1: They did that in response to their... Protests against National Anthem and other protests, not just league-wide, but throughout all sports. And again, furthering the dialogue and conversation in a positive manner, kudos.
0: Kudos to them, certainly. What do you make of a, I, I saw a lot of people complaining about, oh, look, 49ers players are kneeling. Oh, but you, didn't you run Kaepernick out of town because of that?
1: I don't necessarily think and part of it they ran Kaepernick out of town because of it, but it wasn't just that. And let's face it, the Forty ers phone office has done some very dumb moves the past few years and they're just now starting to make it right, so I get yeah, I wouldn't
0: I I wouldn't base it all on that too. It's not look, no. he has some nice numbers.
1: Yes. But but it's not
0: like the team was just doing wonderful under him either. No.
1: People started to figure him out, and then after Harbaugh left, it got even worse.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, he was never the same after Harbaugh left.
1: No. No. And, again, if he were to finally come out and say something or do something... I think some team would bring him in. But that's another show, another topic for another
0: time. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, this, we've reached the end of this show. Uh, thank you for joining us on this one. I uh, Hope you enjoyed what you heard. And we know that the previous two shows had sound issues. We apologize for that. But this one should sound a heck of a lot better. Um, So, if you hit that subscribe button, you get our both shows that we do every week. This Monday show that kind of, of course, is a flagship for the recap of Monday Night Football, and then we kind of go over the rest of the weekend. And then on Thursday nights, after Thursday Night Football, we have a show recapping that, and of course, also giving our predictions and preview the week coming up. So, We'll be back on Thursday night to talk Patriots and Bucks. That should be a very interesting game to get to talk about and cover. And then, we'll, of course, we'll preview other big games coming in NFL Week 5. We're already getting into Week 5 of the season. Of course, don't forget to catch, uh, you know, you'll get to hear our voices, but you'll mainly get to hear the voices of Harry Broadhurst, Stevener, and Brandon Bisco being on the kickoff, which is every Wednesday. On here on the W2 network and if you subscribe to the whole WTO network, you know, they get this show. You get the kickoff and you get all the other great shows that we have, including Eric's point of viewer, uh, both of us on soccer to the max, which, uh, you can hear our thoughts on the US men's national team squad and more, uh, video games. Uh, you get, uh, we had two shows for you this week on that and, uh, all the wrestling stuff, of course, the flagship wrestling to the max as well. So, And point
1: of view, there's a new episode.
0: Yes, you definitely want to go listen to that. And, again, our condolences go out to those uh, out of the chaos that happened in Las Vegas. And uh, we will see you around on
1: Thursday night. Donate blood. Peace.